Welcome to Sound and Vision, conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process. Here's the host of Sound and Vision, Brian Alfred. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Golden Artist Colors. Golden makes some of the best acrylic paints and mediums that you can use. They also make core watercolors and Williamsburg oil paints, which are equally exceptional. You can find them at your local art store or online at goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is also sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Seattle-based Fulcrum makes incredible coffee, which you can get delivered to your door. Check out their coffee at fulcrumcoffee.com and use the code ALFREDSTUDIO for 20% off your order. That's an exclusive just for Sound and Vision listeners. Check out their site and their coffee today. Alice Tippett received both her BFA and MFA from the Art Institute of Chicago. Alice addresses her interest in language and the drift of meaning through her paintings and drawings. Her boldly graphic imagery is familiar yet rendered strange through a series of shifts in scale, interaction of color, from negative to positive space. Alice's work is currently on view in The Regional, a survey of artists from the Midwest at the Contemporary Art Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. Her work has been written about in the New York Times, Art Forum, and Freeze, amongst other publications. Recent solo and group exhibitions include Michelle Beauchene Gallery in New York City, Patron in Chicago, Grease Bench in Los Angeles, Kimmerich Gallery in Berlin, Corbett versus Dempsey in Chicago, Chart Gallery in New York, and Anton Kern Gallery in New York. Alice lives and works in Chicago, Illinois. I spoke with Alice about Chicago, oil paint, making small work big, being earnest, and much more. Here's our conversation. Yeah. It's recording. So Alice, I have to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I really like your vibe. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a good one. <laughs> I just feel it. Okay. Is I, that fair? I, I, that's fair. I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself and be like get a big head about my vibe. <laughs> You don't want to be vibe confident? I don't want to be vibe confident because I feel like it's bad. I'll sail off the cliff. The podcast cliff? The podcast cliff. The conversation cliff. <laughs> you know what happened? I was really feeling myself and then the conversation just went, went way it, off base. It can happen. Yeah, I guess so. That's yeah. It's best to stay humble. Yeah. It's an okay vibe. <laughs> the humble vibe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can start. I mean, those are really nice glasses. Let's oh, start thank with you. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, I like these glasses, too. I got new ones, though. Like, these are about three years old. And they've started to get that, like, white cast that, uh, like, plastic glasses get. Oh, that you, don't, you stop noticing it because you wear them all the time. You don't really look at them anymore. They're on my face. I don't see them. But then sometimes I take them off to clean them and I look at them and I realize how disgusting <laughs> they are. It's best they not read, to pay attention. They read well on Zoom, though. 
Like <laughs> they look great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. That's like an old pair of shoes, like comfortable shoes. Yeah. You don't want to get down there and really look at them. No, I mean it's. You're just gonna buy another pair of shoes. This is the story with like most things that you interact with regularly. It's you just you stop looking at them, um, and it's like you know what it is. Your brain doesn't have to really take in the information or any new information about it until you really like make a point of doing it. Right. <laughs> like my house. My house looks. It seems clean until I start really looking at it. <laughs> it's best not to. So I. These are reading glasses, and mm-hmm. I only, I don't wear them a lot. You yeah. Know? Like, I, sh- I should always be wearing glasses because I have astigmatism. Mm-hmm. So everything is just a little bit hazy, which I think is great. <laughs> I prefer life with just a slight blur filter on it because everything just seems a little less harsh, you know? Yeah. yeah. And once in a while, I throw on the glasses, and I'm like, really, that's, that's what it looks like? today <laughs> it's not too good. sharp too sharp yeah. too in focus back i have to wear them all the time because i have really bad eyesight so um so I, you know i get up and i wake up in the morning the first thing i do is i put them on and it's literally like the last thing that i do um because i did just go to the eye doctor last week uh it's on my mind that like one of the things i was concerned about is like uh, when I'm painting in my studio, I'm older now, so I have to like, I have to, I get really close to my paintings, and so I have to like, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't see them up close if I have my glasses on, so I have to, I have to, like an old person, like tip my glasses down so I can see what's happening. Feels good, right? Yeah. Good. <laughs> and then, um, and then after painting that way for hours, uh, my eyes feel really tired. And I thought, oh, I'm just destroying my eyes. <laughs> so at the eye doctor, I told him this. And he's like, you just need to blink. Uh, basically, you're not blinking. And your eyes, <laughs> when you're that close, are like focusing for so long uh, that when you, t- when you stop doing that, it takes time for them to relax, basically. And like, um, right. Adjust. Yeah, adjust. He's like, just I stop. I strain all the time. <laughs> just stop looking, at, stop looking at your paintings for like... Uh, just every like few minutes or so, just look off in the dif- distance or something. And uh, artif- he, he told me to buy artificial tears. <laughs> oh right, right. So that since my eyes artificial get dry. Tears? Yeah. Wait, are those different than eye drops? Um, sounds more emotional. <laughs> I know. It's like my painting mediums, and then there's artificial tears. <laughs> Just put it in your paintings yeah. for more emo content. I guess I think there's oil in artificial tears because your eyes have like an oil in them, and that's part of right. what helps like keep them keep the moisture there. Um, but eyes are fine, actually, is what he told me. It's just that I, um, I I'm not straining. I'm not doing anything bad to them by painting so like <laughs> being so close to my canvas for so many hours. That's good. Um, to know. Yeah, it's good. I'm not really hurting myself. Right. Now, um, sometimes I think with people you can have a little bit of like a preconceived notion of their personality or who they are, what they're like based on what they do Mm. and the work that they do, which probably isn't fair. But um, I'm I mean, do you have a dry, witty sense of humor? (laughs) (laughs) I, I don't know if it's dry. I definitely. That's, I think dry gets a bad rap as far as humor. I mean, <laughs> yeah. in the sense that, you know, it's it's. I don't know. 
I don't know how to describe it, but you know what I mean. You seem like you'd be funny. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's good. I, I do think I am funny. I see uh, humor in a lot of things. So even someone will tell me some, some fairly bad news and I still laugh. Uh, and then I have to apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't think what happened to you is funny. It's just this, the absurdity of this situation or whatever you're telling me about is... Um, I, I can't help but find it funny. Um, I make... I, I make ill-timed jokes at... Uh, <laughs> at dinner parties? <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes I cross the line. <laughs> See, I, this, I, is all, this is all making sense. <laughs> Let me, here's the real metric. If you see an online video, like someone posts a video, and it's a little kid who swings for the baseball, misses, and the bat hits the dad right in the crotch, do you laugh for like five minutes? I mean, of course. <laughs> okay, good. All right, we're on the same page. Is that dry? I think that's no, pretty, that's not that's dry pretty, at all. That's pretty wet humor. That is, <laughs> that's the true. opposite of yeah, dry. Yeah, I'll take dry away from that dry. <laughs> there's something about a dry wit that I think is, it's like there's people who are witty and they're trying hard to be witty, and then there's like a dry wit, which is very like confident and kind of, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. It's like the, your, your, I feel like your paintings have, some humor and play to them but it's not in a way that's it's like calling out for attention you know what i mean like a david shrigley is funny and it's really trying hard it's it's purposely like giving you the middle finger while it tells you to joke but it really wants you to appreciate the humor and you know i feel like yours has like the chris farley of art Speaking of Chicago, isn't he from? Wasn't he from? Uh, the I area? think he he died here. I believe oh he's from here. Um, he certainly started here. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. I just by which I just mean like I love David Shrigley, but they're kind of like sweaty. They're like sweating it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, I love them too. There's, I thank God yeah. for David Trigley. Yeah. The world would be a different place without him. But yeah, it's a little like, like you, you know, like this is funny and creepy, right? Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like wanting that. It's and the sheer obsession of how many of them feels a little, you know. Yeah. But your work, I think, has like a play to it that's very, I don't know. It's it's really interesting. It's it's different. Hmm. You look sad about that <laughs> no it's fine I'm <laughs> just thinking about it um I, I like to push it and definitely that that would be the case in like in life as well like I, I do like to push it but I also don't I don't want to push it too far you know I like to right I like to move around <laughs> you want to lead the the viewing horse to water but you don't want to stick its face in the no water n- yeah definitely not yeah Right, there's some subtlety there. Mm-hmm. Um, you are a, if I'm not mistaken, you are a first on the podcast. Do you know what you are the first of in this podcast? Am I the first person named Alice? Uh, no, Alice Acock. <sighs> Alice. Oh, no, no, of course. not, but close. <laughs> okay. It's tangentially related. Hmm. So it's name related. Am I the first person with a palindrome for a lot? Got it. Name? Yep. The first <laughs> palindrome artist. Do you get that a lot? Yeah. I mean, I have to tell people. I mean, that's sometimes people can't spell my last name, even though it's, it's incredibly simple. I, I'll say it's a palindrome. 
and then they'll look at me blank mouth like, like spell the same forwards and backwards but they uh oh yeah oh yeah right <laughs> i'm not going to talk at all to you about how much i had to google your name and try to get it right at the beginning Oh, really? Like ETT? Yeah. Like added an extra yeah. T? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can get... There's a lot of different ways mm-hmm. that you can... But I, for some reason, have a real love for palindromes. I don't know what it is. I just love it. What's I love f- that they ex- exist. <laughs> no, they're pretty great. Uh, I Definitely, if a... You know, I, I tend to use one word of titles. Not always, but uh, if it's a palindrome, like... <laughs> it's a little like that's double. That's the best, yeah. Uh, yeah. Or it's something that I'm like, hmm, that's good. Um, yeah. Or if it's almost a palindrome, I like those too. Um, yeah. What's your favorite palindrome? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of one right now. Um, maybe I'm, I'm not a palindrome specialist, I guess. Not somebody who... I don't collect them, we'll say. Okay, fair Uh, enough, enough. Except (laughs) it's enough just to be one. Um, That's that's a good point. That that is amazing to be one. Okay, so I'm sorry. People will probably be like, all right, let's get to the... Let's get to Alice and her life and her (laughs) art. (laughs) All right. Um, So you're from Independence, Kansas, which I believe it's not off Route 80, it's where but I was does born. Route 80 go yeah. Right. Yeah. Does Route 80 go through Kansas? Because I've driven through Kansas a few times, and I can't remember if that was related to driving through 80 or if we dipped down. Well, is it 80? 80, 80 goes... goes north. It's north through, like, Chicago and stuff. But it's, it's, a no- it's an east-west highway, right? Yeah. So... Independence is below I-70. Are we talking routes okay. or interstate? <laughs> I get confused. Uh, interstates. Um, I, I don't think I went routes when I drove okay. across. Kansas was flat. Kansas is flat on the western side. Um, okay. I, I'm, so I was born in Independence, but I, I do not, I know nothing of Independence. Uh, we left when I was two years old and I've never been back. Um, we moved to Kansas City. Or Overland Park, actually, to be precise, uh, which is, is where that a I. Suburb? That's a suburb of Kansas City. It's in Kansas City, Kansas, um, and uh, that's where I grew up. I uh, lived there until I went to college. Now, how did the parents end up in Kansas? Oh, my father's from Missouri, farming family. My mother medical family she's actually born in ohio they moved to kansas topeka kansas when she was i think 10 around that time um yeah and she's still there still in kansas still in kansas Kansas city kansas missouri now um because there's a difference difference. (laughs) but you went to school in kansas city Right. I went to. I, I had a kind of. Uh, I went to KU, in Lawrence, Kansas, for college. Right. Um, 
for a couple years, quit going, didn't graduate, went back, didn't graduate, moved away in like 2001, moved to Seattle. Um, I always thought I'd finish school in Seattle, like finish an undergraduate degree, but I didn't. Um, That's a lot of jumping around. What yeah, happened? I think I got tired. I mean, I was in, have you been to Lawrence, Kansas? It's like a... Yeah, I played, I was in a band. We went yeah. on tour and I believe we played a show in Lawrence, Kansas, if I'm not mistaken. Of course you did. Of course you did. Many bands. Is that That's a, a, it's a is stop. That a band it's town? a stop. On, yeah, because it's a college town. And it's also just one of those towns where people stay. So it's like I had, yeah. I had, I had gone, I went to school there and then I was living there. And then I was like, I need to leave here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, whether or not I'm done with school here would I need to get out um so I moved to Seattle for five years and then in 2006 I moved to Chicago and it is in Chicago where I I finished an undergraduate degree at the Art Institute and then I went to grad school at the Art Institute so a double dip well yeah. mm-hmm. well let's let's go back to Kansas yeah let's. so you <laughs> took art classes in preschool right oh yeah did I say okay, that somewhere so online? <laughs> you started. Yeah, I didn't get that telepathic. I'm getting a vibe that you started out really young. <laughs> hey, my mother's just a sort of mother who's like, oh, you like doing this? Well, here, let's encourage that. So um, I actually took, I took classes. I was one of those little kids who took classes at the museum. So the Nelson yeah. Atkins Art Museum in Kansas City. Do you feel like that? I mean, because I know that you, or I believe that you kind of like fell out of art for a little and then you came back into mm-hmm. it. So do you feel like that early on, like having that experience might have like unconsciously made it okay or if there's something familiar about or something that you connect with that experience? Because I remember growing up in Pittsburgh and going to the Carnegie Museum when I was little and there was something really like cool. I don't know. It was just felt so weird. Mm-hmm. Like when I l- listen to classical music, I didn't understand it, but it was something like exciting or like weird or awe awe inspiring about it. And I didn't know what that was. But later in life, of course, you know, I went down that road and I was just curious as to someone who was exposed to something like that so early. If it might have unconsciously sort of laid the railroad tracks for the the route that you're barreling down right now in the train. I mean, yeah, I th- it must have. I it definitely made the museum. It was, it was it's always like my been my place. So it was something that I did so, went to, I went to the museum so often and it was encouraged and it was my thing for many years. Even up through high school, I wasn't taking classes obviously at the museum anymore. I, I took I did art I did art classes in high school, but I also wasn't like the art teacher's favorite student. You would be both. And, you know, I do think that I didn't, even though I'd, you know, it's always something that had been encouraged, it was never thought by me, or nor was I ever told, you, sh- you could be an artist, you could just do this. It was just some, it was like a pastime, but not a, nothing that I thought about doing. It had like a <laughs> hobby feel to it, right? Because it was encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. When you were younger, but your parents didn't do that. They they had like yeah. job I mean, jobs. I mean, my mother's a graphic designer, but like it's. Wait, I thought you said medicine. Oh, the oh, no, family no. was in medicine. Family, yeah. She she she's she's not. But um, 
Yeah. So if it if it was something you did, it was something you did in this kind of practical way. Like those people that I would read about in my mother's Vanity Fair, the like <laughs> uh, the downtown New York scene artists or whatever. They're they're like they're removed from like I from me um or at least that's I didn't think of it as something I would do um not that I'm any way now <laughs> like those people the vanity fair <laughs> we would have been in my mother's vanity fair so vanity fair started getting published again in like the 1980s and my mother subscribed so it would have been like um David Sally and those guys <laughs> that ilk yeah. yeah yeah schnabel schnabel lots lots of dudes lots of dudes yeah yeah not the 80s um yeah so so i actually stopped taking art classes in high school i just uh felt rebellious and i didn't like the teacher and so i just stopped and i would say that's like the beginning of like a like a like a 10 year break from like considering uh, art in any way as part of my life, like, or something right. that I would do. Boy, yeah. nothing can burn that bridge like a bad teacher, right? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. The art teacher I liked retired. Uh, and then that was that. I didn't like the other one. So and that's I. Enough. Enough yeah. art for you for that night. <laughs> I just, I've always had like a kind of rebellious, I guess it's like a rebellious streak for better or for worse. It's like, ugh, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, I'm done with it. And I really was done with it for a long time. Um, but yeah, I think like the only way you think, oh, I'm going to go to art school at that point is if maybe you're art, you have an encouraging art teacher in high school. Right. Um you, you could know. do this, and I remember. Sort of I remember that student. She. <laughs> um, She's still doing it. The favorite. I have no idea. I can't remember what her name was. Um, no. Yes. So, do you, when you went to school, when you left high school, um, <laughs> you raised your. Did you? Did you want to? I didn't want to raise. <laughs> I didn't want to raise my hand. But it, you the know, first time I've ever seen the raised hand function. So anytime. Um, I like my I gesture a lot, so I'm on my hands float up into the, the upper part of the Zoom screen. It's like, do you want to raise your hand? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's only on the iPad. It's not on the right. My right, regular yeah, I don't computer. Have that function. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So when you went to school, and then obviously you weren't going for art. Do you feel like maybe some of that hopping around was related to not really? finding something that felt really comfortable or were you doing something that you were really into that you're like okay this is this is where I'm going I mean I I think I thought for a while that I was doing something so for like the first three years I was in college I thought uh you know I was like I was was a sociology major and I was going to go to grad school and then somewhere around the third year maybe it's kind of like quitting art classes in high school I it wasn't so much that I wasn't interested in what I was doing. It was that uh, there were some like financial issues, and there was that was with attending college that I had created for myself. And there were um, suddenly like I just I wasn't enrolled in classes for my senior year based because I had missed some some deadline for something related to financial aid, um, and. 
<laughs> I just didn't want to, I didn't want to like bother with it. And I was like, I'm not really sure this is what I want to do anyway. <laughs> so I quit doing that. <laughs> Decisive on yeah. leaving uh, certain situations. I had that yeah. too. I was very close with, I know exactly what you're talking about, where there's these deadlines and you just kind of sleep on it because, you know, you're a young yeah. college student. You're not really worried about those deadlines and then it sneaks up on you. I had that feeling of like, okay, do I just get out here or what do I do? You know, mm-hmm. it's daunting, but it sounds like you, you made the decision. You're like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm yeah. It's like, this is a sign. I shouldn't be doing this. I'm not sure if this is what I should be doing. I did have some like relatives who were like, why are you doing <laughs> what's, what's sociology? <laughs> Like, why oh, are you like yeah what's that what are you gonna do with that major no. yeah exactly he's like i stood You're like over. i one up you it was my I uncle. study art <laughs> it was my, my uncle he's like i step over sociology majors on my way to the train every day or something like that oh <laughs> yeah, very callous um and not that that was an influence actually it more it was a, just a capricious thing where i sort of but also like just kind of realizing that i wasn't that wasn't I wasn't that into it, as into it as I had been. <laughs> so just stop, stop going to school, figure it out. Like that was my answer to that. So I did, I did. I stopped going to school for a few years, and then when I went back to KU, at KU, I was, it was in their art school. So. Now those years off, were you, you know, when people take time off college to like live in the real world and they find epic realizations about life or something, which usually in between undergraduate and grad school is the revelation is this really sucks. I want to like go back to school so I can paint or draw or do what <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the revelation. The real world sucks. Having a job sucks. So I want to go back for a couple of years. Yeah. But uh, did you have any revelations working? I, I imagine you were working. Yeah, I worked, I was working full time. Um, you know, I switched a couple different jobs in Lawrence. Um, I don't know that any of my jobs, though, felt like real grinds, you know, like I worked in a record store and I worked nice. at I worked at a thrift store. Those were my two jobs, um, full time jobs. So, uh, yeah. And even when I went back to school, I was I worked. So I wasn't I was still working full time, I think. Um, so you so it was only like part time student. Right. Um you know at that point in time I didn't know what I was doing right <laughs> I had no idea just trying to find it well yeah, it sounds like you came home and you, you came yeah. back to KU and and decided okay I'm, did you did you do that before you started back in like I'm, I'm going to major in art or I'm going to study art um yeah I guess I'm wondering that I, how that yeah. door reopened you know where if it was kind of like well I'll just go back to something that I used to like or you know, I, you were mm-hmm. far enough away from that crappy teacher that you're like, all right, I'll give it another go. I think I had some friends. So I had made friends who were in the art program there. And That'll then do that, it. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can do this. Right. Um, so, yeah. Did it feel pretty comfortable? Um, do you yeah. have good teachers? Yeah, I liked KU. But I, I didn't want to stay in Lawrence. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it worked out. I don't know what I would be like as an artist if I had stayed there and finished school there. I mean, who knows what, what I would be doing. Um, Probably going to basketball games. I know. I'd still be in Lawrence. 
Wait, Jayhawks, right? That's Jayhawks. Jayhawks. Rock Chalk. Jayhawk. Yeah. No, it's okay. (laughs) So, um, Chicago was the next stop after that? No, I went to Seattle and then I went to Chicago. Yeah. Yeah, it's my journey. It's long. (laughs) Well, it's in the contiguous United States. It wasn't too too wild. So. Um, what I mean was it was the art institute something that you had friends who went there like what drew you there it's a pretty <sighs> big program it is and um, what year did you go there if you don't 2006 so I moved back I moved back to the midwest to Chicago in 2006 um, you know living in Seattle uh, my family is, is here in the east coast uh, mainly and so I felt really First, I felt really far from family and friends. Um, Seattle's kind of, it's, not only is it really far, but it, at the time, it felt kind of also very closed in, at least like for if you're an artist there. Um, and there weren't any schools that I wanted to go to there. Um, and I had been to Chicago. <laughs> I like Chicago, and so I thought I will go to the Art Institute, um, and that's and you how I liked made. It. And I liked it, and that was how I made my decision. Um, I mean, I did come and visit. I visited some friends, and uh, but I didn't apply anywhere else. You know, I just um, yeah, yeah. And you liked it so much, you went back. I went back you went for grad school there too. Yes, yeah. So. Um, all right, let's get into Chicago. Yes. <laughs> this is the fun stuff. I mean, I love Chicago. And yeah. came very close to going to the Art Institute, and I didn't. And But I had a lot of friends who went there for music, because, you know, it's a big music town. Yes. Mm-hmm. For sure. And um, I'm just curious as to what your experience was like in school. Obviously, I think you liked your teachers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like Galen Gerber and who else? Who are the other? Uh, I took many classes with Galen. He's really like kind of a mentor figure to me. Um, Ted Halkins, um, Robert Rossi, uh, Kay Rosen. Those are some grad, like grad school. Like there were certain people who I talked to in grad school and certain people who I worked with in undergrad. Um, I kind of started out taking, continuing with printmaking, which is something that I had started up in in Seattle and then I switched to painting um, while I was an undergrad um, not that you have a major really in the Art Institute right. <laughs> uh, you can do whatever you want um, which is good for some people and not so great I think for others um, but yeah, so in grad school, Barbara Rossi, Kay Rosen, Michelle Grabner were some of um, the really great people that I worked with. And is your work at that point, I mean, you mentioned that you migrated from printmaking, doing a lot of printmaking into more painting. I mean, are we talking the same kind of language you're working through now? Was it, or are you doing still lives or, you know, <laughs> Renaissance still lives? When I came to the Art Institute in 2006, I was, I was uh, working, I worked primarily on papers, whether it was printmaking or it was watercolor, 
know, I did a lot of drawing. Um, I thought that that was painting, but uh, someone <laughs> informed me when I went to school that the, that uh, those watercolors I make, those are not paintings. <laughs> <laughs> they laid that out for you? I'm sorry, those yeah. don't pass. No, those aren't paintings. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and and I, I, I did, I would say that, like, I was, I was very, I was... <laughs> when I would draw, like, you know, when I work on paper, I was doing watercolors. A lot of the time I would, like, write. You know, I had, like, writing or I would draw in something funny. It was almost like a cartoon. Um, so it was definitely, like, a kind of language play in my work. Because you but were it using was, a lot of text then, right? Yeah, a lot Still of text. Still at that point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At that point, yes. And it's just some, it was something, like, I had to work through. Um that relationship is so like hard, text right? and image. It is really hard. It's um, really hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So all the while, while you're going to school there, good teachers doing the thing, transitioning from a recovering printmaker into <laughs> painting, <laughs> bullied into painting. And then uh, are you like, are you going to the museum a lot? Are you going to the rainbow room? Are you seeing good music? Or <laughs> you, do you have friends in Wicker Park? Are you going to dive bars? What's the Chicago, what, you hanging out with Chris Ware and drawing comics? What are we doing? Man, all of this stuff makes me feel like I don't take advantage of Chicago at all, even though I love living here. That's like someone saying, it's so <laughs> like ridiculous. It's like someone mm-hmm. being like, oh, you moved to New York. So did you go to Broadway? And then you went to Times Square and went to the Blue Note? And <laughs> But, I mean, Chicago does have some pretty great stuff. Yeah, you know it well. Um, You know, it was... um, I don't... No, I don't think I was able to really enjoy Chicago until I was done with undergrad. Um, I worked a lot um, and went to school a lot and um, didn't make that many friends really until grad school I think so it took me a, a while um just just older like I was an older I was an older student you know so it felt a little like I, I definitely had a different approach to to school right <laughs> like you're um, not I, hitting it at that 19 year old like you know ready to yeah. go out there and just yeah like at the time people still smoke like i've been in seattle where they'd stop people had stopped smoking in bars and then we moved here and there was still smoking in bars and i was like i can't <laughs> they go to the still rainbow room yeah. and i was like no <laughs> <laughs> i can't blame you no they still do it in japan like you everywhere you go there's a lot of places where they're just everyone's smoking and it's bizarre well that's like that in like copenhagen like in places in europe vienna yeah. Vienna. They still smoke at some places or holding on. Yeah. I I went to Vienna a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, do they smoke? I read like they smoke there and then I read, oh, they've, they're going to stop it. Like they've, they've passed a measure. They're going to stop smoking. But then there was like an uprising against the nanny state telling people <laughs> they couldn't smoke in bars and restaurants. So but when we went, there was, it was still crazy <laughs> That's a word. So it's strange I, I just walked by someone today here in brooklyn and the guy was smoking and i was it was really weird like to see yeah. that people because people vape and stuff but you rarely see smokers anymore yeah they're not very common yeah oh, thank god okay so you avoided <laughs> those places because you didn't want that secondhand well, smoke well i think too i'd like i'd already cycled through my like 
like I was in my, I was, you know, my early thirties. And so I'd, I'd stopped, I'd stopped going to shows when I lived in Seattle. I'd stopped doing anything fun. (laughs) Um, You grew up. Yeah. You weren't going out there and having fun anymore. I mean, uh, yeah. Time to hunker down and make some art. Yeah. And I tend to be kind of a, like at home person anyway. So um, I'm perfectly happy to, 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 to hunker down in my apartment and, you know, not go anywhere. <laughs> well, you, you picked a good climate for that kind of activity. Yeah, it's, it's been snowing for like 24 hours today. Yeah, it's just, there's no reason to go out. Yeah. Just stay in. <laughs> Make art. Make art. Stay warm. Yes. So, okay, you didn't partake in that stuff. But did you, I mean, were you, I mean, it sounds like you were very much getting out of school what you wanted to get out of it having good conversations with the the faculty and you know making your stuff did you feed off because Chicago is a really good creative energy to it you know there's a lot of stuff going on even if you're not kind of like doing all that stuff did you feed off of that as far as the the town is concerned of like feeling you know like you're in this nice creative community yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the great things about Chicago is like that there's there are a lot of artists here, and they they just kind of do for themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, so blue collar feeling, you yeah. know. Yeah, like people just do what they're doing what they want to do, mm-hmm. finding a way to just be creative. It's livable here, you know. It's not it's not by any means not like inexpensive by any means, but it's it's possible to to do things here. Um, it might be impossible elsewhere. Um, like the number of apartment galleries and like artists run spaces is quite high, um, which is something I really, you know, took advantage of when I was younger. Now I feel really out of touch with stuff. I live on like the north side of Chicago. This is where like the fewest. I feel like the, I, there are artists around here too, but it's I most of my community is further south, you know. No, oh, you're really hobnobbing it up. Yeah. You're really vanity fairing it up there. <laughs> Showing in New York, it's like you're moving up north. Mm-hmm. I'm up on the north side near the lake. Actually, it's just a, it's a regular, like, <laughs> neighborhood. It's not right. <laughs> um, nothing fancy. Just Now, do you, do you live where you work? No, but I live about um, like five minutes away that's, from my studio. This is really what I mean. Cool. It's like I can, <laughs> uh, I can walk, you know, anytime I want to. Like, I just need to get something, I can do it. Um, yeah, it's nice. No train, you, uh, no car. You tr- yeah, you don't have to deal with that. The mm-hmm. commute. I so just walk here. Do you, do you drink coffee? Yes, in the morning. Is there? Is there a good coffee shop in between your five-minute commute? No, but there's one around the corner. Or do you make corner. it at home? Uh, I make it at home usually, but if I want coffee, well, I could make it here. But then there's also, like, one... There's a coffee place just around the corner. So my studio is, um, you know, in a kind of business area. It's not, like, in a... In, you know, it's not in an old warehouse or anything. So right. it's, like, probably an old office. Um, it's just, like, a two-story building with, like, offices above... Um, you know, the train station is right outside my window. You heard it earlier. Um, you know, and there's, so there's little businesses around here. It's easy to, like, get something if I need something. Not sounds, isolated. It sounds pretty utopic, to be honest. It's nice, yeah. 
So how long have you been? So, okay, you graduated from grad school and you just stayed. I mean, were you, did you have to find somewhere new or you basically set up where you were set up? After I got done with grad school, I actually, I had a one bedroom apartment at the time and I worked, I like just worked in my apartment. I didn't see the point of having like a different studio space. I had a large apartment. So, you know. Why pay another rent for Why pay? Like why have then an additional space? You and I work lived by myself. in a manageable yeah. scale too, right? Your biggest or yeah. like 26 or 30 or something, right? Yeah, like 26 by 30. Yeah. I mean, maybe a little <laughs> larger, but really most of my paintings are, I mean, I have, you know, sizes that I use. 13 yeah. by 10 is the smallest. And then, um, yeah, they get bigger, but mostly. Right. mostly. It's manageable. You don't <laughs> need to they're all manageable. get a they're easel, studio. They're easel paintings like they're little easel paintings um, do you use an easel when you paint or do you yeah. paint with it on the, the desk oh I use an easel yeah yeah. it allows me to get close to it <laughs> we talked oh, about yeah. this earlier glass, but there's but even like when I've tried when I used a wall you know or, or I'd like um, just paint on the wall like I felt like I couldn't get close enough <laughs> you need that angle because I need to angle. be able to like step I need to be able to step around it, kind of, or I can get like around it in a way and look at it that I can't if it's on the wall. Um, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. All right, let's talk art. Well, let's talk let's about do. your your technique and what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I mean, I feel a certain kinship. Yeah. Rightfully right. so that um, I've read a little bit about you mentioning that. You know, you to experience a painting, you have to see it in person. And when you see things in reproduction, you know, people always say to me, like, oh, your work's, like, super flat, right? Like, it, and it's, yeah. it's not really. And I also, you know, came to in a lineage of printmaking where everything is kind of flat, but it's really about those microscopic little layering and texture and, you know, bricolage or whatever. I mean, you could do all that stuff where the depth is shallow, but there's a real physicality to it. Yeah that's related to the process and I think your work has that where you know when you see it it's got you know the real sort of like hand in there and that's you're seeing how it's made in reproduction it can look like you know like a a rand illustration of like some sort of graphic representation of something but it's totally not that so you know maybe you could just talk a little bit about how you got to that place of how you make the painting and like the way that you're physically doing them and I mean do you use like pre like how do you make the stretchers and what does that mean to it you know <laughs> what I mean like yeah. all that stuff all that good nerd all that all talk. that all that processy background stuff it's time to geek um, out <laughs> so um you know when I first started painting as opposed to making drawings <laughs> I I you know, I went to, to panels and I would use panels and I would uh, prep the panels and paint on them. Um, but eventually I started stretching canvas over panels and then I just went straight, I just went to stretcher bars and canvas. And I think there it was like, I just, I discovered, I like the way that like, there's like a feedback between you and the canvas. It's like if with a panel, it's just, it's right there. And you, there's no room, I guess. Um, it's, it's very like, smooth, I it's very hard. Panels there and forward. Like yeah. There's no push in. It's yeah, there's all no pushing in. Yeah. And and you need that. I need that. I like the pushing in. <laughs> yeah. A little push. Um, yeah. So, um, 
yeah, I, I stretch my own canvases and prime them, and then um, and then I usually I usually you know so I I make my painting. I don't um, there's not I don't spend a tremendous amount of time on each painting. They're small. But I usually make, when I get down to actually putting the image on the canvas, it's, it just is a one day thing. I just start and, and then in the morning and then when I'm done, I'm done. Um, uh, so it you're, could, you're making Alex Katz proud. <laughs> it could take me a couple hours. It could take me all day. Just depends on what is there. Um, but I, but I, do, I do put down a ground just to give them some depth, you know, so I'll I'll, uh, by which I just mean I'll just tint the ground, you know, with um, or wash it, you know, with a thin layer of thinned out oil paint, um, you know, before I ever am going to put an image on something. Um, and that just, did, you know, for paintings that I'm just, I work on pretty quickly and I'm done with, you know, in a day, it, it, I don't know. It's like, I always say it's like my cheap way of like creating, <laughs> giving them depth that they, they wouldn't otherwise, <laughs> you know, and there, I guess there's just a thing that you do as an artist, you just find a way of working and it works for you. Definitely. And it's not, it's not maybe the most legit way, <laughs> but no, it, it just has to work for you. It, it just works work for, for me. It works for and me. You're, it's a yeah. struggle. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and like a lot of the ways that I arrived at like doing work this way, it was simply a matter of not have like it, it worked for me time wise. You know, I was right. um, pressed for time. You know, and so it's like if I, if I, um, you know, I'm gonna make a painting, I want to be done with it in one right. sitting. <laughs> yeah, but to your point, you kind of learn to work within the constraints that you're setting up. Like yeah. in other words. No one would think it's weird for a band to have to, you know, to go into a recording studio and have a week, mm-hmm. you know, because you're not going to have usually like, you know, a year to make a record. Like you got to make it work. And then okay, you say, OK, so sometimes having that deadline is really good because it just forces yeah. you to, to just to having work s- it. some constraints, I guess. is like um, right. I don't also don't though want them to become like, you know, hardened into you have to do things this way. But uh, as long, like, <laughs> it continues to work for me, <laughs> I will keep doing it that way, I guess. The way that I do things work for me at a time, and it became kind of a foundation, I guess, for working. Like, and, right. and having those restrictions is still, I guess, helpful to me. And I don't, but I don't want them to, I guess, become set in stone either. It's like, I have to work this way. It's, right. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's also not, it's not a problem. Like, <laughs> they're not getting in my way, I guess. Like, I'm not getting yeah. in the way of myself, so. Um. Well, I'll bring up a parallel. Um, I think I, like yourself, I believe, mm-hmm. will sort of do most of the improv and most of the ide- ideation and all that stuff before and then come up with a sketch on the computer. Like, I'll, I'll map yeah. things out. So once I'm ready to do the painting, yeah, things change a little bit, but it's not a terrible amount. Most of it's kind of ironed out. So I'm basically, you know, delivering on what the idea and the sketch yes. and what the way that I imagine it being. So most of that improv stuff is at the beginning. Exactly. I think you yeah. probably do that as well. I do. Yeah, I'm very, 
you know, I work most things out in advance. There's no, there's very little decision making happening like in the moment. I might make an adjustment or change a color that I decide, you know, isn't isn't working the way I thought it would. But uh, for the most part, I try to, you know, make those decisions beforehand. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever feel self-conscious about it? Some people like to shame that. Or they're like, you know, oh, it's just too mapped out or you're just filling in something that's an idea instead of like really being creative and throwing paint around and finding something. I can't listen to th- I can't listen to that bullshit. Okay, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Look, we're in the same camp. I was just throwing out a hypothetical. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, you shouldn't listen to it either. Glad you don't. I don't. I mean, you know, it's just a different way of working. It's not the the fact that I do it before I sit down to paint doesn't make it any less valuable. <laughs> I'm still working it out at you know at some point. It just happens elsewhere. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, doing a stand-up routine where you come up with the jokes beforehand or doing crowd work. Or like freestyle rapping versus writing your rhymes. Yeah. I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. Are those analogies that, like, you know, ring true? (laughs) Yeah. I just knocked something over. Um, Yes. Yes, it does. I mean... (laughs) I, I, at that point, I just think, oh, I mean, I uh, sometimes I'll say something like, you know, I'm not into struggling, <laughs> but that, I mean, I think struggle is fine. Like I, I struggle, everybody struggles with, with their practice at times, um, but I'm not invested in it. I'm not right. invested in struggle <laughs> right. or and I You're don't think like... it's like, I don't think it's like a means, you know, to get me to where I need, I don't, it's not required. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir. Yeah. I want my struggle to be organic. I don't want to like dive into a tub of struggle. Yeah, I mean it's my nature. I'm kind of a planner. That's how I am. That's you know, it's 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 you know. You know where from my angle where I could imagine your struggle being, and I don't know why I would mm-hmm. take this upon myself to even think of this is is you have s- your compositions and your sort of playful anthropomorphic kind of play between representation and abstraction, line, form, color, you know, all that stuff that's in all these small paintings that are really dynamic. That's really hard to do. It's hard to make the paintings you make and make them interesting. One, two, or three, let alone how many you've done. So, like, my assumption would be the struggle would be, like, just coming up with that stuff over and over again. Something that's like, you know, that you want to keep looking at. Because you make paintings that, from my perspective, like the simplicity of it and the sort of the play between what you're giving and what you're holding back, it just makes you want to keep looking at the painting. And I think painting's ultimate goal, at least I feel this way, is you want to keep people in it, you know, Mm -hmm. to where they just keep wanting to look at it. And it's like addictive in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Like, it's like this, the, um, you know, the struggle is finding that, like, I'll call it like a, like a vibration or like tuning, tuning, like the image, you know, and they're, they're simple, they're, they're simple elements, like, you know, maybe five colors, it's crazy. Um, they're small. Um, and they're not descriptive. So like, you know, they're <laughs> in the way that they're painted. So there's only a few elements that you're working with. And so it's like finding the striking, like where it needs to be is, is the struggle. You're right. That's not easy. It's like a yeah. haiku. 
Yeah. It's like, you know, you could write Ulysses or something. Well, not that that's easy, but I mean, you can, you know, flesh something out over, you know, pages and pages. But if you get it down to like three lines, mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking, you know, that's like, that's hard to do. I feel the same way about, you know, I, I make big paintings and I make small paintings mm-hmm. and they do different things. It's much it's physically harder to make a big painting, but it's much harder to make a great small painting. Hmm. It's just to, to, for it to have the punch that a big work has, yeah. you don't get the physical sort of like encounter with it in yeah. the same way. It's not awe, you know, of like, you know, standing in front of this huge thing. It's, it's more of like with the small one, you have to, it has to be the intimacy of that scale talking back to you almost as another person or a face or something, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's harder to make that, punch i think but when you do it it's i think all the stronger in that sense yeah i mean i i have (laughs) people always ask me why i don't make or why my work is small and i those are some of the i mean you're just sort of ticking off some of the reasons why i i make small work it is the intimacy that like closeness that it kind of requires and yeah they aren't they aren't physically imposing (laughs) like that isn't a factor um right but they, you know, they, but like a bigger painting, they can, they can hold from a distance because of their graphic quality things. Definitely. Close or distant viewing. Yeah. yeah, it's like the, you know, if you have someone who's in a room with a bunch of people and they shout as loud as they can their idea, everyone's going to be like, holy, but, you know, they're going to turn and look at they're going to hear what they say, but it's also going to be buffered by how loud and attacking that voice is. Whereas if someone says the same thing, but they whisper it, people are going to notice that too. Some people might not, but the people who hear the whisper, they'll, they'll come closer to you because yeah. they want to hear that. In. Yeah. They want to, and I think it's just a different approach, yeah. you know? And I guess that's that dry, witty sort of <laughs> thing I was talking about. <laughs> I don't know if it's dry. There, there's, Dryness is in their smallness, um, and their whispering. <laughs> the sickative sicken- qualities of their whisper. No, they're not. They're, they're not that dry. <laughs> yeah, not dry at all. But yeah. um, but for some reason, I migrated a sense of humor to that adjective. <laughs> I don't know why. Anyways, but yeah, the the work. And, and let's talk a little bit about. I, I, this is probably annoying. But I'm going to do it because it's part of my life. It's part of my education because I had great teachers who came from Chicago. Mm -hmm. And I teach with people who went to the Art Institute and were embedded into the, you know, the 80s and early 90s Chicago scene. And like, you know, there's Harry Who. And I mean, there's a big visual culture of Chicago that I'm sure some people are like, okay, we get it. That we know that's the people from Chicago everyone knows. And then there's, you know, there's a lot of truth to it. There's, you know, Ray Yoshida and, like, Jim Nutt and, you know, Roger Brown and all those. And, you know, those people, those images are in the Chicago consciousness, I think, Mm -hmm. because of the impact that they had. So I'm curious as to what if, if at all, you know, that had any impact on your development you know, as an artist going to school there and being in that environment with that legacy there, or if it was just kind of like, eh, yeah. I mean, it's going to sound like a heretic, a Chicago heretic, but since I'm not from here, um, I wasn't really, 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure I was aware of some of the artists from the Harry Who before I moved here. And certainly some of them are, were still teaching at the Art Institute when I started going there. Um, I mentioned Ted Halkin, uh, who'd been teaching at the Art Institute for like 50 years. Uh, it was a very important... Um, 50? Seriously? Yeah. So he had taught uh, <laughs> many of the imagists. Um, 50 years? That's yeah. just, just teaching 50 years is... Um, wow. So it's like in that way, I was like taught by the same person who taught, like you know, Barbara Balthus. Rossi, and like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. At some point, we were like filling out an application for grad school, and he he had to say like as his he was filling out his recommendation with me. He's like, "How many students have I taught?" <laughs> and he started to calculate it, and he was like, "I'm just gonna put down five thousand or something oh like God. that." That was his modesty. Um, yeah, Ted passed away last year. Um, so, um, he's a great teacher. Um, and just a great person. Um, but yeah, I, that's, I can't, I can't put my finger on like whether it is an influence for me or not. Right. You know, I don't, there's, there's I love Roger Brown's work, um, but I also don't know if I, I, I don't know. Like, it's like, I can't say that I consciously feel influenced by them. Barbara is probably, like, Barbara Rossi is probably the most um, influential to me. Just right. had the biggest influence on me as a teacher. Um, just in the way that she thinks about form and color and like shape and um, but well, yeah. what are the what are the things you love to look at outside of art? Like I believe <laughs> you like to read, right? Aren't isn't I'm literature? a big read. I'm a big reader. Although yeah, yeah, always been a big reader. Um, That's a good thing your paintings are quick then, because I, I can never read because I just don't have enough time. I read in the morning, so what I get up and I uh, I read and I draw, and I read and I draw, and it's That's an alternate cool. between those two activities. Um, I don't know how I would read, then fall asleep, then read, then fall back asleep, then read. Because <laughs> something about reading just makes me tired. Maybe that's why I stop and I draw. I <laughs> Wakes you up. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's I drink my coffee and I do that, you know, and then I carry on with the rest of my day. Yeah. Um, but what are you looking at? What am I looking at? Oh, that question. Like what are, yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I mean, I'm always looking. Um, and it's easy to always be looking these days because you have um, social media and Instagram makes it easy to look at art. Um, i trying to think. Yeah, but I'm talking outside yeah. art. Out, oh, out, outside of art? Like, what am I looking at that's not art? Oh, that's why you got annoyed with the question. You thought, no, I was no, like, no, what no, paintings no. are you looking no, at? No, you're like, oh, like, what artists are you looking at? <laughs> no, no, like, what are the things that you love to, like, I mean, you know, maybe it's architecture. I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, going mm. to the fruit market. Who knows? Oh, maybe yeah. it's bicyclists I mean, down by the lake. It is, it is, <laughs> it's harder these days to, to talk about what you like to do that's not at home um just because of spending so much time at home That's um true. what did i like to do 
I don't really like doing things with people. <laughs> easier to talk about what I don't like to do this this is the vibe okay I I'm definitely not a social person so like but but I but I'm good at socializing I just don't want to do stuff um I'm I live near the the lake it's it's beautiful I just don't like people (laughs) I love to go to love to go to small towns in the area just you know if I have time but that's the thing is like time is precious you know and um, I prefer to spend it in my studio, like <laughs> if I have time, um, right. you know, so in the summertime, say when people are like, Oh, like friends want to do something during the day. I'm like, what? I don't want to do anything during the day. <laughs> <laughs> studio, right? Can we please just do stuff at night? <laughs> um, yeah, I take a ceramics class. I'm really bad at ceramics, but I like nice. taking it. Is that recent? Yeah. Like a recent development? No, I've been taking ceramics for years, and I never get any better at it. It's because I don't really spend enough time at it, and I don't want to th- really think about it. I just So I just um, go, and I guess at some point, maybe I'm going to stop doing ceramics. <laughs> and then maybe I'd... it'll come back to me later as something that I like. But I, I don't, um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. I should stop taking these classes. <laughs> don't stop. It, it'll run its course. I mean, I yeah. love ceramics. And uh, where I teach and where I went to undergrad, is Penn State has a great ceramics program. Hmm. So I took classes and I just made shitty cup after shitty pot. You know, like I was yeah. terrible at it. Just terrible. But I loved it. It was so great. <laughs> the wheel and the clay. It's just so cool. But yeah. And firing stuff and glazing terrible i couldn't yeah, do it awful it's can't do it awful. i think that's the my problem my teacher <laughs> patently made fun of me just was like you this is not for you you know but i was happy and i'd go down there and i hang out and they're just like i'm probably like why is this guy down here hanging out all the time i just love being around it it's such a f- like a great studio environment but i just can't i stopped doing it i quit <laughs> and i'm not a quitter but i quit yeah. ceramics yeah i probably will quit at some point but i i I have noticed lately some marked progress in my ceramics work. I'm sure you're great. <laughs> I do hand building, so it's like everything is like pinched or coiled or whatever. And I think it's the struggle is like when it gets down to like, what do I do with this thing? Like glazing, like yeah. painting on it. I don't want to paint on it. Right. Um, yeah. And so I have I have problems with it. I, and decoration is like. <laughs> maybe just hit that thing with a spray booth or something just make it easy yeah spray it i've been watching there was one i don't know it was a social media thing but it was someone who was just like cutting out the pieces and building them that way but they were really particular about the way they were cut it was very very satisfying to watch <laughs> it's always satisfying to watch someone else doing it yeah. it's like those asmr videos or something um yeah, I think the other thing is like it's messy, like and and um, I guess I'll, I'm I'm not not a messy artist. <laughs> right. Well, um, hand building is cleaner than like the wheel, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah you do get like your fingers finicky. dirty. Yeah, yeah. It's messy. Um, do you with your paint? Do you or do you use you use oil, right? Yeah, yeah. Why do you use oil? Why not acrylic? <laughs> uh, 
they um, look like they could just be acrylic. Do you like uh, the butteriness and the sheen and all yeah, that stuff? Yeah, I like oil paint. I like oil paint. I don't like acrylic paint. Um, hey, easy, easy. Yeah. Right <laughs> sorry, here. I'm sorry. It's golden. Sorry. <laughs> it's Podcast ju- sponsor. It's um. I know <laughs> they that make oils you, too. I know that you can like. Yeah, they do. I know you. They make Williamsburg. I use Williamsburg. Yeah. There you um, go. Or whatever right, they bought. They Thank bought you. Williamsburg. <laughs> paying for itself um (laughs) they make good paint though i'm I'm not just saying that because yeah um they do um yeah i like the quality the like the feel of oil paint acrylic paint i had a number of issues with it when i used it before just like drying time the fact that it gets sticky i don't like that um and I like I do not I do not blend my oils tremendous I just I like when I do have moments of illusion in my paintings or um, where those edges meet I prefer handling uh, the handling of oil paint Fair um, enough. yeah also when I want opacity oil paint delivers in a way that I think acrylic paints kind of transparent I don't know why it just is I hear you yeah well I mean it's kind of plastic acrylic is just you know not natural in Mm -hmm. that sense oil has that butter I mean I love oil paint I love the you know I love cake frosting too but I'm not working with it you know what I mean like (laughs) I mean I I love it it's just for what I do the acrylic seems to work Mm -hmm. but yeah well see that's I mean it's we're just back to the like this is what you know, you do what you do. It may not be the right way to do it, but it's what works for you. So, right, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And plus, you, you never tape anything, right? It's all by hand. Yeah, so I just, I I sort of block. I block in, and then I and then I work out from there, and I work, sort of work back in until like, things feel right, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's good on you, because mm-hmm. that tape is a pain in the butt. Yeah. It's like acrylic. It's like a, you know, it's a siren. It's like once you start using it, you can do things with it. And you're like, ooh, this is nice. And then you just, you can get too far in the weeds with it. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's why uh, oil painters have it right, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, people who use and oil uh, make, use tape and masking stuff, right? That, like, masking Oh, I can't even frisket. imagine. Yeah, like, uh, I remember when I was in grad school and I first saw actually it might have been before but I first saw Matthew Ritchie's show at Basilica this is way back and it was all this like taped out stuff but it was oil and I was like wow that's really so I tried to do some of that with oil paint it was just like it never dries it never like totally dries it takes a long time so to tape on top of it you would just it would take like a year to make a painting I think yeah I mean but I don't know I didn't. I, th- I, didn't I think you just say yeah, I work on things all at the same time. Can't do <laughs> it. A, again, yeah. again, not my way. Different for different yeah. folks. I have exactly. to do like a painting and then move to the next one. I can't like yeah. double dip. Yeah. Or they start to. I cheat. I'll use this paint for that painting and that one for that because I'm lazy. And next thing you know, they all look the same. <laughs> <laughs> do you work on many at one time? No, just one at a time. Yeah. I mean, in See? some. I mean, I would say that I like I work. I work on them at the same time but not I'm not painting them at the same time <laughs> right. um, yeah so 
Um, yeah. I mean, because it does take me a while to decide that something is ready, like, re- like to be a painting, I am working on them at the same time. <laughs> right. Just as drawings, you know, or, you know, sketching yeah. out the idea. It's not like that one image you're working on is the only thing in your world until you yeah. finish it. <laughs> but you generally like to work on a painting. In it. Well, you're doing one a day, too, so that's... Yeah. Or not one a day, but I mean, you're not spending like two weeks on a painting, so you, no, can, you yeah. can kind of move on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I spend a lot of time not making paintings also, so it's like I make, you know, I'll come in here and when I'm ready, I'll make... Like, I'm good at that. I'm good <laughs> I spend at a lot of time not making I'm good making at that them. too. <laughs> Very good at spending time not making paintings. I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that I have to do that's like the build up to making them. And, yes. Um, I don't know what I would do. I mean, so I have, a, I have like a job that I also like have to do. Um, I don't, maybe I could not have a job, but I, I've chosen not to teach as my way of, you know, getting income as an artist or, you know, having insurance and other stuff that's, you know, you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. Um, so, so I have to, you know, that does take up some of my days Fortunately, not all of them. And is it in the creative field? Do you mind me asking? No, I work. I work in IT. <laughs> oh wow! But it is. It is like front end web development. But it's. Um, I work at Northwestern University at their library. Nice. Yeah. Um, we just unionized the library, actually. <laughs> really? So yeah, the if university? you want to talk about things that I did, like I do, like when I'm not being an artist, like. Uh, I I do work on the union, yeah. Which entered joke of doing a lot of great work, <laughs> not working. <laughs> exactly. I was in the union for a minute, and um, it's, it was amazing. The, yeah. I mean, it's a great thing, but it's also unions. Anyways, that's a whole. Yeah. Other it's a whole other thing, but whole yeah, other it, thing. it is something. I mean, I enjoy working on. I I like working on the union. <laughs> like, so yeah um you're i've i've read that the question was seems to be asked of you like what do you listen to while you're working and i think you maybe mentioned not too much music maybe some podcasts or maybe a little but you like to just work in silence yeah so my question my follow-up to someone else's question is but what about when you're not working are you a music fan like what do you what do you like when you're not working Oh, well, I, I mean, I do listen to music. I just, when I'm working, it'd be very sporadic. Like I might put something on, but then when it runs out, I'm not going to like move on to the next thing. Right. But I'm putting the studio out of this. Like when you wake up or what, what's your music life like outside of the studio? You know, I kind of, uh, I don't, I don't pay attention to new music at all like at that point in my life I guess is past and so really what it is I just get into like older stuff right <laughs> like last year and through this year I got really into Curtis Mayfield Whoa. um nice <laughs> and nothing wrong with that I bought a bunch of Curtis Mayfield records and I'm still really into Curtis Mayfield well, it's, it's often he's often my first choice when I come to the studio listen to Curtis um I love that. See, this is why yeah. this question's so good because I'm not for whatever reason I wouldn't have pegged you as a Curtis Mayfield person. I or like love the, that's Curtis. the first go-to. <laughs> I mean, 
now I'm not going to have Pusher Man out of my head for a couple days. Um, oh, after yeah. we are done talking, that's going straight on the Sonos. <laughs> <laughs> that bass line alone, you know, just like... Can I recommend an album? Can I recommend Give, Get, Take, and Have? <laughs> of course. This is like, it's like 1976. Curtis is, Curtis is um, sort of, it's like a, it's a, dis, it's got, it's got some disco in it. I think you can handle it. I love disco. I mean, it's not full on disco, but it's, there's some, uh, it's amazing dance Yeah, it's like the album. funk disco. Just, it's like the Patrice Ruchen genre mm-hmm. of, uh sort of funk disco stuff yeah do you know her no no you know the song haven't you heard i don't know oh you gotta write it down she's oh, haven't you heard I'm oh you probably heard forget me nots forget me nots do, 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 do. <laughs> no That's no but i'll look it up um but yeah she's amazing but yeah. it's that genre yeah i know i know curtis mayfield pretty well because my dad growing up was a huge motown head and like he loved Mm-hmm. Like Sly and the Family Stone. I mean, I know coming out of Motown, he loved all that soul and the disco stuff. He used yeah. to do disco dancing with my mom. Pretty great. Curtis had his own record label. It was pretty like, I mean, he's kind of a revolutionary guy. Definitely. Um, yeah. Very Move awesome. On Up is one of the best songs ever, That's if you great. ask me. He has so many good songs. Yes. <laughs> So that's what'll happen is I'll like I'll like find I'll click something will click. So maybe something I've, you know, listened to for years, but then I'll just take like a dive into into the back cattle. Yeah. Go deep. <laughs> and then and then in, and then in, at a certain point and it just becomes part of, you know it moves into the background and then something else comes up. But it never goes away. It's just part of the mass of things that I listen to. Um have you uh just to before I forget, mm-hmm. have you listened to the Chicago Gangsters? I mean it's apropos. No. I don't think so. Can you Sh- do me a favor? Chicago Gangsters? You won't be you won't be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> what is it? Uh it's from that era. You just oh, okay. you know. Okay. I'll look it up. I think you'll dig it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm I think I approach music the way I approach a lot of things. I, I, it's kind of scattershot. Like I'll find something and I'll get really into it, but it, then I, that's it. Like I don't like go, I don't, it's the same way with artists and with books. Like I'll read one particular writer really in depth, but then I don't read any of their like <laughs> people around them. Right. Um, You're not you an know. algorithm person. <laughs> You're not like, okay, I'll listen to the 10 other uh, people. Who you like this? Like. Maybe you would like this too. Right. Um, I might try, but uh, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah. It's not the same. No. You, um, are you a stand up comedian fan? Uh, no. I mean, I like stand up comedy, but I don't like, I don't, um, pers- I don't actively like seek it out as a right. entertainment. <laughs> when I first Please. moved here, my roommate was, was, made friends and like got into his life in Chicago because he'd moved with me from Seattle uh, yeah. doing uh, open mic nights <laughs> in Chicago and I would go Did with him because I didn't have any friends. <laughs> open mic nights are great. I mean, you talk about awkward. Yeah. There's a lot of like... But there are some people that I saw who are now famous people yeah. who are just like, they get up and do their open mic routine. 
Um, so yeah, it is, is raw it? though, and I did not like his comedy friends. Very much. Oh yeah, that's a certain breed. Um, yeah, going to live comedy is so different than just watching it on Netflix. I will say, there's a different kind of charged atmosphere when you're there. There's like a tension, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, at open mic nights, it's definitely one of like fear. <laughs> Desperate. Yeah. Like, I hope this works out. I hope this works out. <laughs> Can you imagine um, if people were in your studio while you're working, and they're just like, "Oh God, I hope she pulls off this painting. It's not looking good." <laughs> so that would be terrible. It would be terrible because there are some really bad times where I'm like, "This painting is never going to be done." <laughs> yeah, you just don't want people to see that process. No, know? I don't. Yeah, and afterwards I just feel exhausted. I don't even really want to talk to anyone. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah. Well, how do you do with openings? You said you're social, though. I'm sure you're. I am. Two hours. I have. I turn on the light for um for those events. <laughs> turn on the light. I, I have about two to three hours in me of like good like uh, socialization, and I really will put my all into it, and then I want to leave. <laughs> God, isn't it amazing how exhausted you are after an opening? Yeah, like empty. And then you got to do that after dinner? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it really, there's nothing quite like, I mean, the few times I've done, like, grad advising or, like, been a visiting artist, I've felt similarly. Like, just where, like, it's just emptied out person. Um, At the end of, like, everything has been taken from me by all. It, it's imagine. really like it's like uh it's like exercising you know it's yeah. like running a marathon if you're never running it's mm-hmm. like way too much i mean even you know in teaching and doing crits i remember before i was a teacher i would do those visiting artist gigs and at the end of it i was like oh my god how do these people talk to people all day and give them opinions right after you know what i mean like yeah over and over and it just seems so daunting and exhausting but then when you do it all the time you just you, you get used yeah. to it i mean you you can handle it but it is a muscle, you know what I mean? Yeah. And talking to people about work, you know, going out and, I mean, I don't really go to openings or socialize really much at all. I mean, this is the most talking I do, but, you know, it's, it is, it does take a lot, you know, it's mm-hmm. a different kind of um, experience, completely devoid of the studio where you're just, you know, it's quiet. You just have you and what you're working on. And then you have to go out and like sort of, you know, do the, the song and dance for, you know, it only comes around once a year or something. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is a strange dynamic, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. But I imagine you like the response. I mean, people must really be into what you're doing. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean at, at an opening, I, I think you only really talk to the people who are like into what you're doing, right? Like... Yeah, I have a velvet rope outside. If they're not into me, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. you're not well, getting no, in. Those are the only people who, who <laughs> approach you or end up talking to you. So you don't get like, I don't know, maybe this happens to other people, but you get like the hostile person. Like, <laughs> I haven't gotten hostile, but <laughs> I've gotten someone who, who will say like, yeah, I don't know, you know, like mm-hmm. you really, you know, they'll question you on something, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I definitely, I may have run into that person, but it's been a while. I really, I mean, the first opening that I hadn't, I've had some shows over the like past two years, but I hadn't done an opening until recently when I was in LA. And um, yeah, it was weird to be back in that space with people. <laughs> Could you imagine if you got a heckler? <laughs> Someone <laughs> just comes in and is like, no, this is awful. Like, come on, people, you can't like this. Yeah, that would be weird. 
I don't they know. Save it. Like, they save it just, for social media. Just leave, just leave. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. comments section. Yeah, <laughs> just put it in the comments. Although I will say, I don't know how you feel because you, you know, you, you were like, let's say, in school in the two thousands, you like early two thousands, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the art world and artists are much more supportive now than they've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, more I'd people sharing other people's mm-hmm. stuff and. And kind of like into it. Yeah, it's it's possible for us to do that ourselves, you know, and not have to wait for somebody to do it for us. And right. so there is more, yeah, more community in that respect. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much better. Definitely. Well, I'm a big fan of your work. Oh man. And there's not, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, the thing I think about it, I don't know why I want to share this now, but the thing I think about it is the work that you're doing is like really hard work for because it doesn't have that immediate, I don't know, there's it, that, that what you're taking away, like you're only giving so much and there's probably so many people who could look at your work and be like, oh, well, that's like, you know, or there's just no emotion or it's just removed or it's like clever, or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's really... I don't know. I think there's really something whimsical and really great about it. And it, it's uh, maybe it's just my, and obviously a lot of people love your work and it's very, it's thought of highly, but I'm just saying like, I don't think it's the easiest work to put out there. And, um, and I think it's really great. Uh, I mean, thank you for, for saying that. I, I, I do encounter like a certain kind of person who is like, or a person who's inclined to just sort of, um, take it uh, <laughs> very is very simple work and that uh, they don't have to put uh, not a lot is being offered and so they aren't they don't have to put a lot into it um, or that there's just a there's like a question and they need to answer it and then they're going to move on and that's um, that's fine <laughs> but it's good to hear that like it it holds or that it it, um, it isn't it isn't that way <laughs> because there's always for me there's like you know you have your own self-doubt and it's like I find my work <laughs> compelling or I wouldn't be doing it but um, you know there's that creeping doubt you know that everyone has like right. it's, it's just like you know these aren't serious <laughs> surely you're surely you're joking <laughs> <laughs> don't you have that feeling <laughs> yeah. like really that's what you're gonna do no i i've said it quite often mm-hmm. fairly you know for a little while now that i hit the point in my career in my life where i just don't care anymore i'm just like i don't know if it's being a parent or if it's getting older or what it is where i'm just like you know what i don't care like i'm gonna do what interests me yeah if you're into it great if not oh well i'm not gonna make something that i feel like I needs to fit in or needs to be like I'm not doing it anymore I just don't yeah. care I'm, I'm just doing it's funny because I feel like in COVID that happened in a separate thing where people were just like I'm not working this job anymore like I yeah. don't want to do this with my life I'm just going to do this thing or I'm not going to work Yeah. and like it's pretty refreshing and you know it's just that feeling of like you know of, of owning what your desire is to put your efforts into yeah. You know, and to be totally frank, like I've never really made artwork 
that I felt like was going to fit in or was going to please people necessarily. Like I was always just kind of drawn to do a certain thing and like knock on wood, like I've been able to just do that for the most part. I mean, gloriously under the radar and not very successfully, but I mean, you know, I've, I've been doing it for a while and I just don't feel like I want to make anything outside of what I want to make. That's the best place to be. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it's when I say that I like feel like everybody has feelings of self doubt. Um, it's a, like a little voice that I also know to ignore. <laughs> right. <laughs> or like, um, yeah, but it's there. I mean, I, I think it, also yeah, it's hard. It's hard, but it's yeah. there. But you yeah. know, it's like a heckler. Mm-hmm. It's you a little. It's that my that own little heckler. <laughs> yeah, they're like whatever. Get out of the room. But it's still annoying that they're there mm-hmm. yelling at you, or whatever. But you know that that's not what they're saying. You know, you know to just cast it aside. But um, mm-hmm. it is still there. Yeah. So yeah, that is. But I guess the maybe personally, I feel like the highest compliment that I could pay your work is that I feel it feels to me like someone is doing this stuff who's really has that feeling of like, oh, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm into it. Oh, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we've seen sure, work yeah. out there. Let's be honest. We've seen shows yeah. where you're like, this feels like the person's just trying to like, you know, this is of the moment. I'm just going to try to do this here. And, you know, it's like yeah. a left turn or I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but you feel like, well, I just don't really feel like this person's really invested in this. It just feels like surface or something. I don't know. Yeah, my it favorite. It has nothing to do with how it looks necessarily. Yeah. It's more of like what it is and what it's doing. My favorite artists are those who I think are just doing like doing their own weird thing, <laughs> right? And in a kind of uncompromising way. Um, and well, I, I would be, I would. <laughs> I'd be remiss to not bring up John Wesley. Are you a John Wesley fan? Oh, I love John Wesley. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't he that? He was just like totally. I mean, so weird and like kind of sexist and like we creepy and just like, but amazingly like, he that dude just did his thing. He's like, I don't give a shit. I'm just painting. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm gonna paint a guy nude chasing a duck. <laughs> <laughs> why it doesn't uh, no, don't, doesn't matter if you ask? It's like it's absurd. You you don't need to ask why. <laughs> right, but it's definitely him. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I love John Wesley. One of the greats. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I'm kind of under, the, not under the radar, but, you know, wasn't the the big pop person, but it was just mm-hmm. kind of weird, you know, just like strange in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, just uh, what? Strange work. Like, yeah, something <laughs> to think about. For but sure. I, I mean, I, something I feel like a kinship in is just like the, the style of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's never wavered. Well, formally, like genius, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. the way he's like the composition and the way he's playing with the frame inside the frame. There's so much good stuff there formally. Mm-hmm. But it's, at the same time, it's like, you know, a rabbit and jumping through someone's legs or something, something weird. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's pretty The great. moment the moment that is captured is it's not the it's not the usual material. <laughs> right. Understatement um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um what are you working on now? Are you working towards anything? Anything coming up? Um just surviving this winter. Surviving the winter. It's kind of quiet like in terms of art stuff. Like, I have a show with Nikhil Bashan next, in 2023, um, 
a group show coming up, but not a whole ton of stuff um, happening right now, which is fine. I like it. Um, it's I, I will keep working no matter what. So right. like whether there's like a lot happening or almost nothing happening. I mean, one thing I've liked about the pandemic is the reduction of fares, like uh, as know. a demand, like not that there was like a lot of like, you know, two of the galleries I work with do fairs. The other one really doesn't um, or the other ones really don't. So it's like, I, I liked not having the fair. <laughs> Right. And now I think there's like a slightly different approach to fairs by the two galleries who do. Like they don't seem to do, they seem to be not doing quite as many still. Or maybe there just aren't that many fairs like running still. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just slowed a little. Yeah. Like the, the, the intensity of the, <laughs> like all the send me five, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, it's just yeah. kind of like slowed a bit. Kind of yeah. like the environment when you saw like whales coming closer to the coast or whatever because <laughs> the, the pollution was like dipping down. It's like, we're just going to take it down a notch. It's not necessarily a bad thing sometimes to slow, to take your foot off the gas for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I don't know. I like these times where it's like a little more open and those are the times where I feel like something else. Like, I don't know. Some, uh, some strange... Oh, I might take something to a strange place <laughs> yeah. when I have more time, you know. Um, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, it's yeah. one of the most oddly peaceful times in my creative working life was like when I when the gallery that I was showing at in New York, they closed the gallery and then I just was not represented for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And I just just like I mean, not in New York. I was in other places, but I was able to just like take time and work and I didn't have that deadline here you know which felt like kind of relaxing in a weird way like I could yeah. just slow down and like recalibrate mm -hmm. yeah it's like but I still keep working as if there's stuff that's going to happen and I but I work on it in a different way it's just for myself so yeah um yeah I imagine which is Chicago what it should always it should always vibe. be that way <laughs> it should always yeah, feel yeah. that way but Definitely. but for some reason it you know, it cannot feel that way sometimes, even if it, I am, that is actually what I'm doing. It's just like, um, yeah. Well, nothing like a pandemic to force slow down everything for a little bit, right? For a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to reality here for a bit. Yeah. I don't know. It's still pretty crazy. And it yet is. not, so. Yeah, it's like we've acclimated to the weirdness of it or something. Well, we have to, like, we have to... I don't know. Something has to give at some point. Like, it's not going to go away. Right. <laughs> It'll just get like less. Um, I don't know. Less. Hopefully, it'll be just be less. I don't know. Dire and and more just of a. I was going to say apocalyptic. Yeah. Is that the word you were like? <laughs> <laughs> less end of days. -ish. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> we just normalize this, like you know, freakishly. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, hear you. I don't know, living in the city or like, or, you know, working at, in the university environment, like, um, and then I went to Ohio, like, uh, in December, totally different, like Cincinnati, Ohio, totally different approach to, oh, Penn, yeah. you know, so I it's like to Pittsburgh, in my, time. yeah, in my bubble of Chicago where we wear our masks and, you know, at the university we do 
comes this way. Um, the the <laughs> Cincinnati was like, here's how it is in the rest of America. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I went back to visit my mom in Pittsburgh, and it's like, oh, we're d- oh, we're doing this. We're just going rogue here. Oh, okay. It's, oh, okay. We're, we're pretending like nothing <laughs> ever happened. And this was like a little further back. It wasn't quite. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. There's two different, uh, there's two different zones, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you can get like, when you're surrounded by everybody who's like following the rules and like, you know, it's like actually, it just, it, you, you also lose perspective on like what, you know, what it's like, what is happening. Like if you're, yeah, I don't know. It depends on who you're around. I, I, I hear you. I, let's yeah. hope it all kind of like settles in. <laughs> seems like it's seems like things are starting to maybe maybe settle. looking up yeah i hope so i'm a diehard optimist me too <laughs> i am i'm not joking i <laughs> i didn't think you were <laughs> I'm a diehard optimist cracking up like yeah no i'm a pessimist mm-hmm. um yes uh i think things will get better yeah um well i i have to say i'm a big fan of the work and I think you're great. And it was really great to talk to you. I'm glad. Yeah, great to talk to you too. We could uh, line it up. And um, I'm really looking forward. I know it's in, what, a year? Do you know when next year in New York? Spring, Earlier? Of, spring, spring? of 2023. Sounds yeah. like a nice time. It sounds like a time when maybe we'll get back to something like normal. I know, we'll yeah. Come to New York. and Could meet yeah. in person. There you go. That'd be nice. Sounds good. Maybe we could go to a comedy club. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we can listen to Curtis Mayfield records. There you go. <laughs> Drink my ties and then go to comedy. My ties that never made its way. All right, that's a late addition to the podcast. You had to you had to stick around for a couple hours for that one. It takes me time to warm up. Got it. Yeah. Right. It's my time. time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Alice. It was nice. Thank so you, nice Brian. To talk to you. It was nice Thanks. to talk to you too. Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Brian Alfred. Check out the Instagram page for Sound and Vision. You can go to at Sound and Vision Podcast. Check out images when the show's posting, the flyers, and some links. Uh, You can find out more about my work at at Alfred Studio on Instagram or brianalfred.net. I've got a show opening up St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, at Miles McHenry Gallery called Escape Plan. All work made during the pandemic about imagining getting out, getting away, escaping. So check out that show if you're around New York City. Uh, there's a catalog for the show with a essay by Stephen Westfall, who's an artist who I admire incredibly. So excited about that. And um, stay tuned too because there is a Sound of Vision book coming out as well. I'll be giving more details about soon. You can find out more information about all that stuff at soundvisionpodcast.com. Many thanks to Alice for talking. Check out her work. It's amazing. Many thanks to Michael Lovett for the intro. And many thanks to you for listening. If you can, go to iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen, and leave a rating or review. Or just tell a friend or share a post or do something to spread the word. Thanks as always. 